Al Jazeera podcast. Surging prices, skyrocketing inflation and a plunging currency after a shock victory by a far-right candidate in Argentina's presidential primary. So, who is Javier Milei? What's behind his election win? And what are his chances in October's presidential race? I'm Rob Matheson. You're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze and help define major global stories. Okay, let's bring in our guest. Alan Silvis is chairman of the political economy department at the Universidad Nacional de General Sarmiento. He's joining us from Buenos Aires. In London, we've got Javier Farge. He's a Latin American affairs analyst. And also in Buenos Aires, joining us by Skype is Sebastian Acunza. He's a columnist at El Diano AR. It's an online Argentinian news and analysis program. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much indeed. Sebastian, I want to start with you. Is this vote uh, driven by a desire for change or is it a protest vote? Well, uh, Argentina has been undergoing a, a crisis with uh, ups and downs for, for more than a decade, uh, with a deep recession from 2019 until the end of the pandemic. So, uh, as our colleague from Buenos Aires said there are many families that live their daily life uh, with problems in terms of employment, housing, transportation, education, the, the health system. So that is a reality for close for, to, to a third of Argentine fam families with structural poverty that may reach about 20%. And this is exhausting for many of them. So it, it, it lead, usually leads to, to daily protest, to, to uh, a burden in, in, the, in the spirit of people. And uh, all of this happens uh, amid uh, a long-standing conservative media and the main conservative opposition that uh, heavily oriented to the right in the last few years. And it, it, is also, uh, it, it plays also a role in the current circumstances. Mm. Javier Farha, let me ask you, does this, trying to look at the, the if there's a positive, positive element to this, and of course the supporters of Javier Millier will say that there is, does this nevertheless give Argentina's politics a kick that perhaps it might have been needed for the last couple of governments? That's a very good question. It could be a wake-up call for the establishment, that is the government and the con traditional conservative side of the Argentinian politics, to realize that something has to change. We have to understand that this, what these primaries were not to choose uh, a pre president or vice president, but a candidate for particular political parties. What made it relevant, relevant was the fact that every uh, Argentinian could vote regardless of what political party they support. So this was a dress rehearsal of the election for the 10th of October. So, sorry, sorry, for the 22nd of October. Now, it is definitely, has, as our colleagues have said before, a protest vote. Uh, he wore in the strongholds stronghold, of the Peronista party, like La Boca, for example, in Buenos Aires, where people have actually nothing else to lose. This could be a wake-up call. Now, he won 30%, but the latest opinion poll published yesterday suggests that uh, his personal pre preference is 44.5%, with 45.5% against him. So he doesn't really have the election in the back. That's extremely important and gives time for the other political parties to pull themselves together. Now, 
It's very, the Peronistas are in trouble now because they are in charge of government. It was mentioned that there was a devaluation only the day after this primary, so to, to maybe to remind people that the situation is still very bad. But also, these uh, policies that uh, Mr. Millet has, we, know what, we don't know what actually he stands for, but we know what he hates. He doesn't like anything which is left-wing. He wants to break relations with Brazil and China, in spite of the fact that China has just implemented with Argentina a currency swap line which will enable Argentina to get enough funding to pay the debt for the IMF. So he's going to alienate many of the traditional allies of Argentina, and that could scare many people within Argentina, especially in the business sector, who may think, hang a second, this guy is going a bit too far. We cannot break relations with Brazil. We cannot break relations with China. We have to do something about this. So it's a protest vote. He has continued expressing very radical far-right views, and this might be an element which might go against him. He's a very anti-establishment uh, uh, sort of a politician. So it could be a wake-up call. It could make people think, hang on a second, why don't we listen to the people before we go to the elections and give them what they want so we don't allow this man to become president? So, yes, it could be a wake-up call easily because of the kind of ideas that he actually has. Mm. Alan Sibley, it seems as though the economy is central to everything that we're talking about. Is there anything that you've heard from Javier Millet so far that gives you any indication that he has any idea how to fix the problems that previous governments have not been able to fix? No. The short answer to that is no. I, have, I haven't heard anything um, that would indicate to anybody who, who seriously uh, studies and looks at the economy that he has any ideas that will actually improve things. Um, the, the, what Millet, Millet's proposals really are proposals that haven't been implemented anywhere in the world, essentially the sort of libertarian ideal of uh, stateless uh, and uh, totally free market society. That's what he proposes. However, it's, one can expect that once um, if, should he ever uh, come to office, he would moderate his points of view and many of the things he's proposing quite substantially because of what previous speakers have said, the social protests, uh, the pressures from business sectors, etc. But there is one factor in, in playing in Argentina's economy today that is central to our problems, and that is the presence of the IMF. Uh, the IMF's uh, programs, uh, the, the conditions they impose on those uh, receiving their loans, are such that they generate uh, inflation, they generate uh, instability, recession, etc. Uh, we are seeing that this play out in real time as, as we speak. Um, and Millet, what Millet has said is that. Uh, his program would be more radical than the IMF's program. Um, and so one could expect that that would generate uh, a pretty strong reaction from uh, organized sectors of society, especially labor unions, social movements, etc. Mm -hmm. But one can also expect that it will not solve the, the economic prob uh, problems since they have never solved the economic problems in Argentina or anywhere else for that matter. Before. Sebastian, so, sorry to interrupt, but so I want to go it, to Sebastian about one, one sort of longer-term uh, point. I'm reading an article that's suggesting that uh, even if he loses the presidential election, I think his party is going to get eight Senate seats, and I think the estimate is um, they would have 
35 seats in the lower house. Longer term, what kind of impact is he going to have on Argentinian politics? The nature and the deep of, uh, the, of the, or the, and the depth of the reforms that Javier Milei uh, aims to implement uh, needs uh, parliamentary support. And as you said, uh, he will uh, lack uh, the, the, uh, an important and significant uh, caucus both in Senate and in the lower house. So um, this will be extremely problematic. Uh, because, for instance, if, if he wants to dollarize the economy, uh, related to your previous question, well, the dollarization of the economy will lead to, to many problems, social unrest, uh, and it is very, very difficult to implement. Uh, Javier Milei doesn't have um, an expertise and doesn't have teams uh, to implement uh, such... Um, complex uh, policy. So we can imagine that he will get support from traditional conservative coalition, Juntos por el Cambio, the, the former Mauricio Macri's-led coalition. But in, the, in, in, in that scenario, in, the, in that stage, it will not be enough to, to carry out all the, the reforms in terms of civil rights, human rights, economic patterns, economic framework uh, in, in the next term in office. So we have to, to wait and see uh, not only the, the, the situation of the economy in terms of inflation, prices, uh, labor market, the protests in the streets, but also, also the authoritarian um, mood, uh, the, the authoritarian trend mm -hmm. uh, of uh, this far-right uh, in case of uh, an administration in, in their hands. Mm. Uh, Alan, I want to come back to you with regard to, you were talking earlier about this loan that's being negotiated with the International Monetary Fund at the moment. Clearly that is key to Argentina's uh, economic stability going on in the future. How worried do you think is the IMF about what's going on? I would suspect, I don't have inside information, but I would suspect they are pretty worried. Uh, because of the current instability and because of the prospects of uh, a, a, a totally unknown candidate with a pretty radical uh, right-wing discourse coming to office. So um, I think that would make them uh, quite concerned about uh, increased future instability as one could expect if uh, a program such as Millet's were implemented in Argentina. Um, on the other hand, the IMF has shown a very substantial rigidity in, uh, in making more flexible uh, uh, conditions on their, on their loans, given Argentina's situation. So one doesn't see a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of change in what they have demanded. And so the IMF is also contributing quite substantially to this, um, to the current mm. uh, instability, uh, economic instability. So it's it's a bit of a, of a chicken mm. and egg problem. What comes first? 
and what will come later um, is the total unknown, really. Sebastian, I, want, I know you want to come in there, but I'm, I'm just going to essentially put you on hold for a second. I want, I want to talk to uh, Javier Farja. Given the circumstances that Argentina finds itself in, and given the, 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 this uh, surprise that has happened in politics, given everything that we've talking, been talked about, um, is there anything <clears throat> that the existing parties can actually promise to do and follow through on that would actually show that they have any sort of influence or control over the economy that would actually benefit Argentinians? Well, the government might have to negotiate, renegotiate with the IMF certain elements of the debt. And that's the first thing. <clears throat> in fact, um, uh, the uh, economy minister was in Washington not long ago trying to negotiate with the IMF. That would, if the IMF relaxes a bit the pressure he's putting on Argentina to pay the debt, which China is trying to help pay with this um, currency swap line of $10 billion, that would improve the situation because then would make people think, hang on a second, the government is doing something in relation to what's going on here. At the moment, inflation is 116%. How is it going to go down within now and October is going to be very difficult, or the fact that 40% of Argentinians live in extreme poverty. So the government will have to implement certain measures which will enable them to recover the initiative. I don't know whether that will be enough for... Uh, the people to, to go back to the Peronistas, maybe not, so maybe they would be more inclined to vote for traditional conservatives. Now, obviously, Millet is going to need votes from the traditional conservative side of Argentinian politics, and uh, Patricia Bullrich is going to probably say, look, we can support you, but you're going to have to change certain policies. Now, the problem is that because of the, I don't know if the word crazy is the right one, but the extreme ideas that Mr. Millet has in relation to the economy, the dollarization of the economy, the closing down of the central bank, the closing down of Mercosur, he wants to disappear Mercosur altogether. Uh, and Argentina is an important uh, member, member state of Mercosur together with Brazil, Uruguay, Paraguay, and Venezuela. He wants to disappear that. That would make it very difficult for Argentina to continue trading with beneficial sort of exchanges. So that he will have to change. The, the other parties will have to expose the limitations of these extreme ideas to convince people, look, if you vote for this guy, we are going to have a lot of trouble with our trade, we're going to have a lot of trouble with IMF, we're going to have a lot of trouble with our neighbours, and we cannot afford that. And we're going to have a lot of trouble with China, which has become a very important partner of Argentina in mm. terms of, in terms of uh, helping them pay the debt. So, first of all, you're talking about the, the, the rhetoric, the semantics. Exposing the limitations of Mr Millet's uh, thinking, but also in the case of the government, to have to implement emergency measures which will enable them to recover the initiative and convince people that voting for Javier Millet is a very bad, bad idea indeed. Mm -hmm. Sebastian, you had a point that you wanted to make just a moment ago. First of all, I, I agree with my colleagues that the International Monetary Fund is playing a, a political role, as it played uh, four years ago when it granted uh, uh, the, the highest loan in the International Monetary Fund's uh, history for $40 billion to the conservative administration of Mauricio Macri. And now it is requiring adjustments and cuts, or have been requiring adjustments and cuts amid a severe drought in, uh, drought in Argentina that had affected, uh, that affected 25% of exports of the country uh, this year. In addition to this, the dollarization uh, that Javier Millet is uh, proposing uh, has a, base, a, a basic weakness. Uh, Argentina 
on the central bank particularly doesn't have dollars. So if Javier Milei wants to, to convert the, the Argentine economy into, into a, a, a dollar currency economy, well, uh, where are the dollars and, and how this, this process will carry, carry out? The, you asked about the, the emergency and the, the urgent measure, measures that the, the Peronist administration uh, must implement in the, in the next future. Let me say that in the medium term, uh, as regards the, the resources and the, the possibility to export at large scale from the hydrocarbon resources in Vaca Muerta, shale resources, gas and oil, and uh, uh, 2024 year without the drought, with the possibility to export 20 billion more of grains and soybeans, well, will modify the stage for whoever is in office from December. Mm. Alan, I want to ask you about the day-to-day -day life of Argentinians because, of course, those are the ones with the votes and those are the ones that, that, in many ways, people would say those are the most important ones, those are the ones that matter. Everything that we've been, been talking about, Sebastian has gone through uh, some of the options that are available to the, the, the two parties uh, over the next few months as emergency uh, measures and so on. These seem to be large-scale operations. They seem to be um, to do with the country as a whole and the, the economy as a whole. Is there anything that you can see that the parties would be able to do that would directly affect the daily lives of Argentinians by trying to ameliorate the, price, the, 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 the prices of goods in the, in the shops, for example? Yes, uh, I mean, it, it's interesting because we've been talking about uh, what some of the sort of more macro impacts of, uh, of, of Millet's proposals are regarding China, Mercosur, uh, dollarization, etc. Well, dollarization is a slightly different uh, situation. But uh, the truth is, I, most of the people who have voted for Millet are, are young mostly male, and also workers that have very precarious jobs, platform jobs, jobs with no sort of, uh, of security, and also with relatively low incomes that barely make ends meet. And so I think there's a, a very substantial discontent uh, amongst uh, a, a lot of the electorate, uh, not all of them have voted for Millet, because of this uh, sort of income situation, which has lost consistently against inflation. So clearly, the government is currently considering uh, measures, uh, such as, for example, a freeze, fuel hikes from here to the end of the year or to November. Um, there, there's talk of salary increases by decree in order to provide a jump in people's incomes to um, deal with the current price jump, but also to deal with a longer-term situation of depressed wages. Um, uh, price controls, as it were, or price agreements is probably more correct, um, are also measures that are being, uh, will probably be announced uh, next week. The thing is, of course, um, will that be enough to change the electorate's mood between now and October? That, of course, remains to be seen. Will it be seen as simply a move uh, because of the elections, then after the elections, 
it would be back to the current situation. Okay, it's I want to ask all three of you, we are getting towards the end of the show, but I do want to ask all three of you briefly. I'll start with you, Alan. Do you think he's got a chance of winning in October? Um, I, I wouldn't know what percentage to, uh, to, to give him. I think it depends a lot on how the economic situation mostly evolves between now and then. I think the chance is, is, is there. I wouldn't say it's more than 50% mm. chance. Alan, forgive me for interrupting, but I do want to, to ask no, the other okay. two. Javi, ask me, uh, ask, uh, let me ask you about whether or not you think what his chances are in October. He has 30% of the vote. That's not enough to win in the first round. He might probably go to the second round, to the runoff. It will depend very much on whether the conservative side of the Argentinian politics will vote for him if he goes second. If the Conservatives go second as well, they may prefer to vote for a less controversial right-wing candidate. The Peronistas, I don't think they have the chance to win this one. So not he's not necessarily won or is going to win the election. It's time for people to react that. But also, if it's this was, as we all know, a protest mm -hmm. vote, then it will be a wake-up call for the other parties. And his ideas might not be enough for people to say, look, I'm going to vote for you, even though you have some... Uh, quite bizarre uh, sort of political mm. and economic Sebastian, idea. Let me so come not necessarily, to you he's not going to necessarily win. Thank you very much, Javier. Sebastian, let me come to you. What do you think his chances are in October? He, he can scale up as Bolsonaro did in Brazil uh, some years ago, but both the conservative coalition of Patricia Bullrich and the Peronist left-leaning coalition have proved in the past that hey, they have the, 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 strong, the strength to recover from difficult situations on the race is not over. Sebastian, thank you very much indeed. And thanks to all of our guests, Alan Sibelis, Javier Fache and Sebastian Lacunza. This episode was produced by Dermot Fleming, Carla Legg, Michael Harwood and Gemma Harris. Studio sound was by Sasha Andreevich and the programme was edited by Aniel Anantin, Khaled Sultan and Gilles de Frias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. Tune in on Monday for our next edition. This week on The Take, it's the Women's World Cup final. A look at the stars of the tournament and the names that could shape the future of the game. That's The Take by Al Jazeera. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.